from escape student loan debt. It's the Escape Student Loan Debt Podcast, a show for established professionals whose student loan payments or loan balances are impacting their marriage, their business, their credit, or their dream of achieving homeownership. Tax filings, family planning, insurance needs, purchasing your home, business funding, they're all impacted by your student loans. Learn from a best-in-class 14-year financial pro who has helped professionals get eight figures of student loan debt forgiven, reduced, reorganized, or expedited. I'm Brenton Harrison, and this is the Escape Student Loan Debt Podcast. Hello, my name is Brenton Harrison, founder of Escape Student Loan Debt and your host for the Escape Student Loan Debt Podcast the final portion of the Biden administration's announcement on federal student loan forgiveness pertained to the creation of a new income-driven repayment plan. And in this episode, we're going to go through the details of this plan, how it compares to the other options available to student loan borrowers, and how to know whether you're eligible to sign up. Let's get started. You're listening to the Escape Student Loan Debt Podcast. Subscribe now at escapestudentloandebt.com. Welcome back. If you watched any news stories or read any articles about the Biden administration's debt forgiveness announcement, it's pretty likely that you knew the basics of who will and won't get their student loans forgiven. And you probably also understood when your student loan payments and interest will restart on those federal loans. But unless you're deep, deep in your student loan bag, it is unlikely that you understood the details they covered for the new income-driven repayment plan. So what I thought would be helpful was to first tell you the basics of all income-driven repayment plans, the options that are currently on the table, and tell you how this new one compares to what's already available to student loan borrowers. So what are income-driven repayment plans in the first place? Well, IDR plans, as these are also known, are federal repayment options for borrowers where the payment they make has no connection to their actual student loan balance. Instead, it's based on a percentage of something called your discretionary income. And the way that your loan servicer calculates that discretionary income and the percentage of that number that you end up paying varies based on the income-driven repayment option that you've chosen. But let's say that I owe a million dollars in student loans and you owe $10,000 in student loans. If we have the same discretionary income and we're using the same income-driven repayment plan, we're going to pay the exact same amount on our student loan. I know that sounds crazy, but that's how it works. Rather than paying an amount needed to fully extinguish that loan in a given period, you instead pay a percentage of that discretionary income number regardless of your loan balances. Now, there are some scenarios where based on your loan balance and how high your payment would be under these plans, where you may just be told that you're not eligible. But if you are eligible to participate, you will pay a percentage of that discretionary income regardless of your loan balance. And I use that example of a million dollar loan balance compared to a $10,000 loan balance to be intentionally extreme. Because if I have a million dollars in student loans, and I calculate my payment under these plans, and it turns out I'm paying $5 a month, which is possible, it's clear that I'm never going to pay off that million-dollar loan. As a matter of fact, I'm not even going to cover the interest growing on the loan, and my balance will likely increase over time. Well, thankfully, another feature of these income-driven repayment plans is that either, under the current plans, 20 or 25 years of repayment 
any remaining balances will be forgiven regardless of the amount. Even if after 25 years they wiped away my full million dollars of loan balance, they will not tell me that I owe too much to have my debt forgiven. In future episodes, we'll talk about any potential consequences that might result from that forgiveness. But for now, I want you to know the details of paying a percentage of your discretionary income for a period of time. And if after that period of time, there are still remaining debts, those debts would be forgiven in full, no matter how high the amount. The next thing you need to know about these income-driven repayment plans is if discretionary income is such an important piece of the plan, how do you calculate your discretionary income in the first place? And no matter the payment plan you choose, that calculation is a different iteration of the same core concept. You take your adjusted gross income from your previous year's tax return and you subtract a certain percentage of a number called the federal poverty level. Now, depending upon the payment plan you choose, that percentage of the federal poverty level can change. But when you complete this calculation, what you'll be left with is your discretionary income for the year. And depending upon the payment plan you've chosen, the percentage of the discretionary income that you owe towards your loans on a yearly basis can change as well. So let's break down this formula in a little more detail. Your adjusted gross income from the previous year's tax return is something that we covered in part one of this series. You can look at the 1040 of your most recently filed tax return and probably towards the middle slash top of the page, you'll see a number that's called your adjusted gross income. In the eyes of your loan servicer, this is what you made in the previous year. Now, you subtract a certain percentage of the federal poverty level. What is the federal poverty level? Federal poverty level is an amount of income based on the number of people in your household where if you make that amount or less, you're considered impoverished. The government uses these numbers to determine who's eligible for certain social services. You might be trying to qualify for a social benefit and they say you have to earn within 200% or 150% of the federal poverty level. We'll put links in the notes of this episode so you'll be able to see the most recent federal poverty level for the 48 contiguous states and Hawaii and Alaska. Now you know the terms. You know adjusted gross income. You know federal poverty level. And we've covered that depending upon the payment plan you choose under the IDR umbrella, the percentage of the federal poverty level that they allow you to subtract from your adjusted gross income can change. There are payment plans under this umbrella that charge 100% of the federal poverty level. There are other plans that allow you to subtract 150% of your federal poverty level, which even further reduces your discretionary income and subsequently your student loan payment. This calculation, where they take a certain percentage of your federal poverty level and just wipe it away before they calculate your payment, has a term associated with it. It's called your non-discretionary income. Put simply, it's a certain amount of money that they allow you to essentially hide before they figure out what your monthly payment will be. And you don't have to be a mathematician to understand that the higher you can get that non-discretionary income, the lower it will make your discretionary income and the lower it will make your subsequent student loan payment. And the last element to finding out what your payment will be after calculating your discretionary income is knowing what percentage of that number you will pay. And that also changes based on the plan. There are plans that require 10% of that number, 15% of that number, and also 20% of your discretionary income. Those are almost all of the foundational elements of income-driven repayment plans 
And now that you know them, I can tell you the particulars of this new payment plan. Here's what changed. When it comes to the percentage of your discretionary income, instead of 10%, 15%, or 20%, payments would be capped at 5% of your discretionary income. How do they calculate your discretionary income? Well, the foundation of that formula is the same. Adjusted gross income minus a certain percentage of your federal poverty level. We covered that under the existing plans, that percentage is either 100 or 150%. Under this new plan, they would increase that percentage to 225% of the federal poverty level. That's what they mean when they're saying they are increasing your non-discretionary income under this option. They are increasing the amount of your pay that you can wipe away before your loan payment is calculated. And how long will you have to pay? Well, instead of paying for 20 or 25 years, as is the case under the current plans, this new option will cap your repayment period to 10 years before your student loans are forgiven in full. Now, if that seems like a monumental difference, it very much is. And to drive home the point of just how substantive this difference will be, I thought I would give you an example of a household of two that has a combined income, adjusted gross income of $100,000. If they were going to calculate their discretionary income under one of the more popular payment plans that currently exist in the IDR umbrella, they would take their adjusted gross income of $100,000 and they would subtract 150% of the federal poverty level for a family of two, which is $18,310. That would leave them with a discretionary income of $72,535. Under the most popular repayment plan options, they would pay 10% of that number, which was their discretionary income. That leads to an annual payment of $7,253.50 for the year and a monthly payment of a little over $604 a month. Now, let's calculate that same payment under the new option. Same income, $100,000, but now their non-discretionary income is 225% of that same federal poverty level. So we subtract that number and their discretionary income goes from a little over $72,000 in the previous plan to $58,802.50 for the new plan. So the discretionary income is lower which even if we charged them 10% like we did in the previous plan, would have made a significant difference. But remember that under this new plan, it's not just reducing the discretionary income, they also are reducing the percentage of that number that you pay to 5%. 5% of this number is $2,940 for the year and $245 a month. So the same couple, the same student loans, but on one payment plan, they're paying $604 a month. Under the new repayment plan, they're paying $245 a month. Under the old repayment plan, they would have to pay that $604 a month until they either paid off their loans or 20 or 25 years had passed. Under the new repayment plan, they pay $245 a month for 10 years until these student loans are forgiven. A monumental impact that you can hopefully now see in terms of how it could potentially change your student loan payment if you're eligible. And after the break, we'll tell you just who is and who is not eligible for this plan. This is the Escape Student Loan Death Podcast. 
a show for established professionals whose student loan payments or loan balances are impacting their marriage, their business, their credit, or their dream of achieving home ownership. We'll be right back. Are you interested in learning the tools and techniques we use to get student loans forgiven, reduced, reorganized, or expedited? Well, great news. We're currently updating our flagship course, Escape Student Loan Debt, to reflect the current changes in the student loan landscape. To stay up to date on the launch of the course and opportunities to sit in on our live recording sessions, head to EscapeStudentLoanDebt.com and join our email list now. You're listening to the Escape Student Loan Debt Podcast. Subscribe now at EscapeStudentLoanDebt.com. Welcome back. Welcome back. Before the break, we covered the details of the new repayment plan that will be put under the income-driven repayment plan umbrella. Now that you know those details, we can cover who is and is not eligible. And unfortunately, the number of people who want to take advantage of this plan is going to be far higher than the number who actually can. Based on what we know so far, this new option will be available to those only seeking to repay undergraduate school loans whose original balances did not exceed $12,000. So if you have graduate school loans, unfortunately, you're out of the running. If you have undergraduate school loans only, but your loan balance upon graduation exceeded $12,000, you also are ineligible for this plan while you would retain eligibility for some of the other income-driven repayment plan options. And if you're tracking the details of how they've handled the other elements of student loan forgiveness, this should all make sense and it shouldn't be a surprise. They are not trying to forgive the balances or lower the payments of people who got a pricey undergraduate degree at a state school or a private school. And they also aren't trying to forgive the balances or lower the payments of people who got a graduate degree and position themselves to make a higher salary or hourly rate upon completion of that program. In my opinion, at $12,000 being the limit of what you could have owed upon graduation, they're really trying to forgive the balances of those who graduated from community and junior colleges. Because there's not many people out there that graduated from a four-year degree that took student loans who were within that $12,000 number. I think this is a way to incentivize people going to junior college and community college and also a way to give them a leg up as they start their career upon completion of that program. So if you're listening to this and you're in that number, congratulations. It does give you that incentive. And if you've already completed that program, you now have a potential option rolling out in a few months that should make your student loan payment much more palatable as you pursue and progress. And if you're not in that number, then let's not be mad that there are people out there who get to benefit from it just because you can't, because there are people who get to benefit from it. Instead, look forward to the fact that if you stay with this podcast, I will give you enough tools you need to have your student loans forgiven, reduced, reorganized, or expedited. I'll see you next episode. From Escape Student Loan Debt, this was the Escape Student Loan Debt Podcast, a show for established professionals whose student loan payments or loan balances are impacting their marriage, their business, their credit, or their dream of achieving homeownership.